Welcome to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com, the show that's dedicated to saving you money on buying and owning a vehicle. Now, here's your host, Rick Popley. Welcome, everyone, to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks, where each week we help you make smarter choices about buying and owning a vehicle and save money. Hello, I'm Rick Popley, your host and proprietor. Glad you could join us. We're in the middle of November, and that means most people are thinking about the approaching holiday season and shopping for gifts for family and friends. But this time of year can also be a good time to shop for a car. While most people are bumping into each other in shopping malls, many car salesmen are standing around with their hands in their pockets, wishing Santa Claus would send some shoppers their way. And manufacturers are trying to end the calendar year on a high note, so many are offering rebates, cut-rate financing, and other deals to try to move the metal. We will talk about year-end car deals and other shopping tips today with Jeff Ostroff, the founder and editor of CarBuyingTips.com, a website that provides a comprehensive guide to buying a new or used vehicle. Before we hand the keys over to Jeff, here is this week's auto news you might be able to use. Two weeks ago on this show, we talked about pickup trucks with Mark Williams, editor of PickupTrucks.com, and all that is going on with the full-size trucks. Now, things are starting to happen with smaller pickups. Next week, at the Los Angeles Auto Show, Chevrolet will unveil the 2015 Colorado midsize pickup, the first new midsize truck in years. Chevy hasn't released details, but says the new Colorado will be more efficient than the previous version, last sold as a 2012 model. GMC also will get a version of this new truck. Production of the 2015 Colorado and GMC Canyon won't begin until next fall, so it could be a year or more before they go on sale at dealers. They will compete with the Toyota Tacoma and Nissan Frontier, the only other smaller pickups still available. A while back, we told you that Kia was planning to introduce an all-electric version of the Soul hatchback during 2014. Kia said this week that the Soul EV should be able to go 120 miles on a single charge. That is an estimate, not a final number. The batteries will recharge in about five hours with a 240-volt charging system. In comparison, the EPA-estimated range for the Nissan LEAF electric car is 75 miles, and for the Ford Focus electric, it is 76 miles. Volkswagen also will offer an electric car in the U.S. next fall, the e-Golf, and VW says the range will be between 70 and 90 miles. Have you had an especially bad experience at a car dealership recently, or an especially good one, and you'd like to tell the world about it? There are several online review sites that let you do this, but Hyundai is taking the unusual step of letting its customers rant or rave about its dealers through a company-sponsored online review system. Customers can provide instant reviews of sales and service experiences at Hyundai dealers, through SureCritic, an online review service. Dealers in Hyundai can also respond to these consumer reviews. Hyundai said all reviews will be verified as coming from Hyundai owners, 
and that they will be posted publicly whether they are good or bad. And that is this week's auto news you might be able to use. Some listeners are probably already putting together their holiday shopping lists. Maybe you should add a new or used vehicle to your shopping list. That's because auto manufacturers are making a big push to sell as many vehicles as possible by the end of the year. That is when everyone tallies up the sales winners and losers for 2013. Who sold the most vehicles may not matter much to you, but it does to executives at the auto companies. Their jobs may depend on how many they sold compared to key competitors. And at dealerships, year-end bonuses may hinge on how many cars and trucks go out the door between now and December uh, 31st. The problem for manufacturers and dealers alike, though, is that most of us are thinking about other things this time of year. Thanksgiving, Hanukkah. Christmas, New Year's Eve, and what am I going to get for Aunt Millie? What's a problem for them could be an opportunity for you to save money by buying a vehicle during one of the slowest times of the year for auto sales. Here to talk about that with me today is Jeff Ostroff, the founder and editor of CarBuyingTips.com. That is a website dedicated to helping consumers find good deals and save money things that are near and dear to my heart as well. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Uh, Thanks, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us. Jeff, as I mentioned, December would seem to be a great time to buy a car. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, historically, uh, we've noticed that at the end of the month, it just really, really uh, ranks up. It ramps up very rapidly uh, because there's a lot of uh, incentives and stuff. What happens is, like, here you have the end of 2013 approaching pretty quickly. It'll be here before you know it. And these car dealers do not want to be stuck with 2013s on the on the lot come January. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 2014, and all these cars are last year's model. It's, it's history. People want the latest, greatest stuff. So that's when we often see uh, quite a few incentives. But the incentives actually, they tend to start in the fall. I see. And, and uh, is there something to the uh, old saw, I guess, that uh, by the end, at the end of the month is when the deals are the best? Yeah, I mean, that, that to a certain degree, and, and also anybody who's been to our site and who has been educated um, after reading all of our guides can go and get a pretty good deal any time of the month, actually. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, what happens is sometimes the dealers will be in this mode where, if I can just sell two more of this particular model, um, they'll give me a better uh, cash bonus, or maybe the factory will give me some allotment of that really hot model that every dealer is trying to get their hands on, and there's not enough to go around. And those are the those are the, the unknowns that you you don't know. You can't look them up anywhere. You can't go to Edmonds or Fighting Chance to look those up because that's only the dealer knows that. Right. But but there is uh, in some cases I think I know uh, I've read that Volkswagen has practiced this I don't know if they are now but they're called stair step incentives to dealers not to customers but to dealers so that if you sell X number of a certain car you get five hundred dollars uh, bonus from Volkswagen if you sell you know twice that many you get a thousand dollars and on and on it goes up and up so by the end of the month. You know, the story goes is that the deals are the best. Anything to that? Yeah, I, I think so. And the other thing, too, is is 
what if you pick the wrong dealership that, that's not quite as hungry <laughs> to getting that deal done? <clears throat> so you've essentially wasted your, your time at that point. That's why we, we like to get our negotiation done before we even step foot in a, in a dealership. How do you do that? Well, you know, the, there's all the different car services that you can use online. Um, you know, some of the ones like Edmunds has has a, a, a car buying service. Mm-hmm. And we're, it's basically quoting. What, what they do is, is you fill out your information and they'll send your lead into the dealership. And you're typically dealing at that point then with a, a fleet manager or a sales manager who uh, most likely is not on commission. And they, they typically won't play games with you. And they'll email you back a price. I mean, so you'll know what the price is. You'll have it in writing, and, and they typically don't play any games. Um, that's what's good about it. Um, what we like that's coming to the forefront in the last few years is CarWoo. And uh, what I like about that system is it's almost like a reverse eBay because all of the dealers are bidding for you. You know, you, you get online, you register there, and, and they're bidding on your business, and they, they can see what the other ones are offering. Mm-hmm. So they can lower the price and lower the price down to the point of where they're they're most comfortable. That's car woo, as in W O O. Yeah, C A R W O O. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah, and they sort of do what what we started years ago uh, of telling people of doing um, the fax attack, and then that turned into the email attack. We've always called it the email attack, where you just email a dozen different um, dealers mm-hmm. in your area. And we would tell you, you know, write a little simple uh, cover letter saying, "Hey, look, uh, I want to buy this this you know Honda Accord here, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm serious. I'd like to buy it in the next week, and I'm sending this request out to ten other dealers, and whichever of you comes to me with the lowest price wins. Ah. So you see how you're now putting the onus on them right. to come down on price instead of you going down there and wasting an entire afternoon, four or five hours marathon haggling session. Right. Now, uh, just uh, kind of a word of uh, advice or caution to uh, listeners. You know, when when we're talking about, yeah, there are good deals and you can get them to bid for your business, but uh, that doesn't mean you can expect thousands of dollars off of the MSRP on every car, right? That's right. I mean, some cars like the Corvette. (laughs) (laughs) Well, forget that one. That's uh, maybe three years from now you can get a break on the Corvette. Any any hot new model that comes out. Right. Everybody's trying to get their hands on it. You're not going to get anything off sticker, right? But even even on on some uh, uh, other cars, yeah, I think you know, like uh, some domestic cars, there's not a big spread anymore between the uh, suggested retail price and dealer invoice, is there? Yeah, and the dealers make a lot more money on used cars than they do on new. You mean uh, on the trade-ins? Well, yeah, trade-ins yeah. and and on selling used cars. Yeah, because yeah. they often they often offer you between. Three and six thousand below market value for your trade in, and then good grief, <laughs> they turn around and list it three grand over over market value. I see. If you go to Auto Trader mm-hmm. and just grab a sampling of half a dozen cars of a car you're you're looking for right now, and any of the listings there that are from a dealership, you'll notice. Look at the price, and go and look on eBay and see what they actually uh, sell for. You know, the, the dealers are asking typically a couple of grand over Mm-hmm. The retail price, right? So, to me, I think the best gauge to determine what a used car is worth is I always go to eBay Motors. I look up the car on there, try to get as close to the mileage and trim and everything. Mm-hmm. And look, you click on what's called completed listings. 
So that's an auction that completed. And that tells you, that says this week what somebody is willing to pay for that car this week. These are these are customers, uh, consumers buying these vehicles? Yeah. Okay, so it's a, it's a, it's the actual transaction price then. Yeah, and, and car dealers, I mean, that, that's a huge business though. They A lot of them, if they're worth anything at all, will put their used car inventory on eBay Motors and, and they sell them that mm. way, auction style. See, but what you see a lot of on there is is um, both dealers and uh, private sellers are sometimes unrealistic in the price they want, and they'll set a reserve price that's too high. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what happens at the end is the car doesn't sell, and that's a that's a problem. I myself don't like anything that has a reserve on it. I won't even ah. around with it on eBay if there's a reserve because I, I already know that the reason why they have a reserve is because it's too high. I, anytime I've listed cars, we've done over a dozen cars for people on eBay. Mm-hmm. We started at $150, and it just bids up. It floats up automatically to that market value. Um, they don't actually sell for $150. No, they don't. That's okay. the starting price. But it just it really it just goes up to its natural level? It always does, and you just huh. have to have faith, and, and it always gets <laughs> the heck out of people. They'll come, you listed my car at 150 <laughs> Relax. Relax. <laughs> what are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't even tell by looking. You, you can come in there 10 minutes before the end of the auction, and you can't even tell that's nowhere near what a car is going to close at because all of the savvy bidders wait until the last 30 seconds. Oh, I don't think I could stand that yeah. watching this. You know, watch yeah. my car, you know, going for $400 minutes before it, you know, sells. But, uh, but I sold my sister's Volvo on eBay most yeah. a couple of years ago, and it shot up 500 bucks in the last minute. Okay. Uh, the uh, just uh, uh, now we're talking about deals in in December, but mm-hmm. uh, they don't all just go away at the end of uh, uh, end of the year, do they? I mean, well, some of the rebates do. Yeah. Like right now, I'm on Edmonds. I'm looking at this um, 2013 Chevy Avalanche, and there is a rebate on here to the the customer for two thousand mm-hmm. dollars ends on January second. So okay. they kind of do. Sometimes they renew them. Right. You just, you just, you, you don't know. Okay. Nobody well, knows. it all depends on how sales go for them. Right. We we have to uh, pause here for a, a, a break, uh, Jeff. But when we come back, I'd like to continue talking about um, the uh, winter shop or uh, uh, car sales lull and some strategies consumers can use to find a good deal. So we'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com. Here's Rick Hopley. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Jeff Ostroff of CarBuyingTips.com, a website that provides a comprehensive buying guide for consumers looking for a new or used vehicle. We are discussing year-end deals and shopping strategies for those in the market uh, or those who may decide that it's a good time to buy because of the deals that are out there. Before the break, uh, Jeff, we were talking about uh, how at the end of the year, uh, end of December, a lot of these current deals and rebates end. But um, in January, that historically, I believe, is the slowest month for car sales, new car sales. Shouldn't uh, mean you should expect good deals then as well, right? 
Yeah, you would think so. And if, if there's any leftovers from the previous year, you would hope that the, those factory-to-dealer mm-hmm. incentives are still there. And you can look those up, too, on, on Edmunds.com or Fighting Chance. They, they sell a, a, a nice, um, wonderful intelligence package that you can buy on a particular car. I was just looking at one last week on a Honda for a friend who's buying Honda. And, and so, really, the consumer needs to do a little bit of research before rushing out to buy the car. Too many of them just, you know, they're, they don't think with their brains, they think with their hearts, and they just rush right out there without a game plan mm-hmm. and find themselves in the finance office of a dealership, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you need to know before you go? Well, first of all, before you even walk out of your house, you better know how much you should be paying for that car. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's one of the, the most important tools we have on our site. We have a, a buyer's offer spreadsheet that you you plug in all the numbers in there of the car that you want to get. Say you want to buy a Honda Accord, and so you'd go to either Edmunds or Finding Chance, and you'd get all of the um, the pricing, the, the invoice pricing, and the MSRP pricing, right? Mm-hmm. Plug all of these into the spreadsheet, and it strips out things like holdback and rebates and other factory-to-dealer incentives, and it calculates for you automatically the dealer's true cost of that car. And then <clears throat> you can plug in either like 3 or 5% fair profit on top of that and walk out of there with a bottom bottom line number at the bottom of the spreadsheet. And the most savvy users of our site use that spreadsheet and get a deal that's really close to that number. When you say a spreadsheet, I you know my uh, uh, head starts spinning, you know, trying yeah. to I feel like you know I have to be uh, a number cruncher here is it that difficult? No, it's it's easy cuz it does the thinking for you. There's only ah. a few things you have to enter in there like um, the invoice price of the car, mm-hmm. MSRP price, which, you know, those you can get online easily, and that's how right. the Internet has really changed things for you. You know, 15 years ago, you couldn't get that stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, you're basically saying that uh, before you even set foot in a dealership, you should have a good idea of what you're going to be paying or should pay. Right, within a couple of hundred bucks even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Again, the Internet has uh, altered the retail sales environment quite a bit, I would say. But I, I still go online at some dealerships, and, yeah, they have uh, prices posted, but maybe it's suggested retail price. Right, it is. I, I don't ever go by any number that I see in a dealer <laughs> ad or anything. None of that means nothing to me. I run every car through the same filter, which is our buyer's offer spreadsheet. Okay. That's how much I'm going to pay, and not a penny more. All right. Is it now? Would you say that because of the internet or, and 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 uh, the availability of all this information, is there less traditional haggling or you want to call it gamesmanship in dealerships? Well, I think the people that that use the quoting services and stuff probably have a lot less gamesmanship and less haggling mm-hmm. because they just get the email from the manager that says here's the price and and he's. He's picked a pretty good price that he he wants to get rid of the car at, but it's the other people that go into the dealership are still going to find themselves oh. haggling. And and what I try to tell people to do is look to minimize your time. Is you know you know once you get past an hour or so and you're still going back and forth and they're playing the games, going to check with the manager and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've trenched in. They've they've dug themselves a trench and they're they're digging in and they're not going to budge. And so what I tell people is before the haggling even starts, hey, put put the um, onus on them. You know, 
go show up at the end of a day, at the end of a, a restful day for you, where you've eaten, you're not hungry, you're not, you don't have a headache. Maybe you had a massage earlier in the day. For battle, okay? But they they're at the end of their day and they want to close. Right. <clears throat> and and you, you put the onus on them to get it done quickly. You say, I'm leaving here in 30 minutes, with or without a deal. <laughs> so now you're you're putting the rush on them, and they know you're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the typical tactics that dealers use is to slow you down, keep you there. Right. You know, so that's uh, you have to put a time limit on it or <laughs> start the clock running. You know. Now, uh, there are, uh, a, I think, a growing number of uh, dealerships that are using one price or or close to one price. I know, you know, there's CarMax, the used car uh, chain. They also have a handful of new car franchises at which they um, have one price that's posted online. And uh, Sonic Automotive, a um, one of the major chains uh, or um, yeah, dealership groups, is moving in that direction, something of a one-price type selling. Do you think that this is something that's going to continue to evolve and you'll see more of this? Yeah, I think the consumers, when they look at that, probably think, "Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a good deal." Mm-hmm. And we've seen that. We we bought a car back in '99, oh, I think, <clears throat> at our local Ford dealer, and they had they had that. They called it the no haggle price. But when I ran the numbers and everything, they weren't that great. Mm-hmm. And and so I've always been concerned that no haggle just really means shut up. <laughs> we don't want to argue with you. We don't. We don't want to uh, come down on price. This is the price. Right. Maybe it's a little bit off MSRP. And in our case, what the salesman did to to try to uh, trick us was, oh yeah, he came down a thousand bucks off MSRP, but I knew that there was a thousand dollar rebate on the car from the factory, oh. so oh, it really didn't yeah. come down in price at all. Okay. It was still charging full price. So those are the 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 games and stuff that that get played. So okay. is it a good price? Well, it's a good price if our spreadsheet says it's a good price. Okay. The, uh, um, Can't make I, a generalization. All right. I, I think a lot of people, though, there are a lot of people who would rather just get a, a price up front and uh, not have to go through the bargaining part yeah. of it. And that's why a lot of people love these these online um, quoting services mm-hmm. through Edmunds and Yahoo Autos, uh, uh, AutoWeb, but there, there's just so many of these people. Auto Vitale, right? They're all over the place. They've they've sprouted up from nowhere in the in the last 15 years, and they're 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 very popular with people because they don't want to haggle. Most right. Some people like it as a sport. Hey, they love going <laughs> there and, and doing it. But you know, even more important is is what the internet has done. Not only has it empowered the consumer, it has empowered women. Because I've received just numerous emails over the years from women who left the husbands and boyfriends at home and went in, and they go, "You should have seen their jaws drop when I walked in there with my folder with all this research, and I had, I had the, all the information." And they were like, "Are you a car salesperson or something?" <laughs> you know, is it is it a uh, informed uh, consumer, a well armed consumer? When very much so. That's why we well, part of our mission statement says that we level the playing field. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I've noticed about CarMax, you know, the the use on the used car side, it's it's the um, they sell more used cars than anybody in the country, and uh, they have from the beginning had a one price, no negotiating policy. If you look at their prices, 
they are their used car prices are higher than what other dealers are advertising for the same car, yes. similar car. Yes, they are, and they they've been known for that. Yet, yet they are very successful with this. People are apparently willing to pay more to not have to negotiate. It's a name people trust, mm-hmm. um, uh, and you know they they know the name, they see the ads, <clears throat> and yeah, so they they trust them. Now, interesting thing about their a lot of people don't know this. If you have a used car that you want to get rid of, you can just bring it there without having to buy another car. Right. Drop it off, and they'll give you a check in two hours. We did that one time with my mom. It was a really old car. Now, again, they don't give you as much as you could get yourself on eBay or Craigslist, but some people don't want to have visitors coming to their house looking at the car. But, you know, for a few grand, I I say, yeah. I had a a friend who had a, a, a 99 Chrysler Sebring that we... We were going to list on eBay for him a few years ago. He took it to CarMax. They have it for about an hour or two, and they give you a, a printed quote, and it's good for seven days. And they quoted him 4300 bucks for it, and I said, yeah, we could probably get you six. And we ended up getting him 7800 so we got him $3,500 more than CarMax. That was how, on eBay? Yeah, yeah. And and so that that fits right in with what I mentioned earlier, how the dealers will typically give you between three and six thousand below market mm-hmm. value. Now the bad thing is, if you have a car that's over five years old, it's very difficult for them to find a lender who's willing to put a car loan on a car that old. Oh, so really? That that then yeah. makes your car worth less to the dealer. So the cars that are over like five years old, they tend to offer you, and it's like a slap in the face. It's like half the market value. Hmm. Uh, so um, with that, basically with that information that it's uh, it's going to be hard for a dealer to find uh, a lender to finance that, what's the, um, what's the approach to the consumer who's selling that five-year-old or seven-year-old car? What should they do? I would just list it on eBay. I'm, hmm. I'm a big fan of, of selling it on eBay or Craigslist. And, and actually, when I've sold cars on eBay... I run a concurrent ad over on Craigslist, <clears throat> so my, anybody calls. You know, my my producer today, Randy Meyer, has bought cars off of eBay, and he, you know, I I I look at that and say, geez, you're buying cars, you know, that you really haven't seen or maybe miles away, but people do that. Well, yeah, and there there's a couple of things, you know. Um, I as a seller pride myself in taking. I, I do 60 pictures on my ads and a high def video, so the people have essentially sat inside my cars before <laughs> they, they bought them, which is really helpful. And I'm big on disclosure. I'll, I'll point out, mark here, scratch there, scratch mm-hmm. there, you know, tear there. And and so, yeah, if you see that on the ad, then you know, you know you're know you dealing with, a, with an honest uh, a person. But eBay does have recommended services, um, and I think card checks is one of them. If they, I think they still do that, where you can send a company to go and inspect your car for you. They have local inspectors all over the country, and you pay them, I forget, you know, how much, 100 mm-hmm. bucks or so, maybe more, and they'll go and inspect the car, and they'll put the report online for you to download, and you can, it's a, you know, they don't put it up on a list, but they'll tell you everything else about it. What's what's the inspection service? Um, e, I know eBay changed it, so I don't know, but the, the one that we were looking at uh, before, the, the guys that we know are from CarChex, C-A-R-C-H-E-X. Okay. All right. They, hey, they might still be doing that. Okay. Uh, uh, we have to pause for another break here, but when we come back, 
I'd like to talk more about used cars, including certified pre-owned used cars, which are selling like gangbusters. So please stay tuned, and we'll be back uh, in a few minutes with Jeff Ostroff of CarBuyingTips.com. Now, more cars, trucks, and bucks on TalkZone.com with your host, Rick Popley. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're talking about smart strategies for shopping for a new or used vehicle with Jeff Ostroff of CarBuyingTips.com, a website with a comprehensive buying guide for anyone who is about to venture out and buy a car or truck. Jeff, we've been talking about used cars, and one of the segments of the used car business that has really been uh, picking up is the certified pre-owned vehicles. Uh, the sales have gone up significantly in the last couple of years, and what do you think of these? The uh, certified pre-owned vehicles have been supposedly thoroughly inspected by the dealers before they put them on sale, and they put longer warranties on them. Are these good choices? Well, you know, <clears throat> the certified pre-owned is is sort of an excuse for them to also charge a little bit more, too. Mm-hmm. I, I I must say that I, I've always taken it with a grain of salt. I'm a slightly skeptical <laughs> because we had a friend looking for a, a Lexus some years back, and it was a certified pre-owned that he came up to, and he he gives me the VIN number, and we run the VIN number, and it turns out it had been in a wreck before. Oh. And you wouldn't think that that would be a... That would qualify. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. The, the certified pre-owned list, in, in, in mm. my opinion. And and so, you know, I've always been, been a little bit skeptical about it. And it, it also looks at the point of how do the dealers acquire most of their cars? Well, they go to these wholesale auctions, mm-hmm. and they get them, like, off-lease or what have you. And there's no lift for them to put the car there. So dealers can get scammed also. Right. They go to the, these wholesale auctions to... <clears throat> to buy these cars. So, you know, they, they have the, this list of, you know, here's the things we did to the car or inspected or what have you. But you know what? I never see on there, I never see on their list, we put it up on a lift and right. all sorts of leaks. And yeah, I, one con- uh, concern I've had is that in every program they have uh, this long list, 135 items that they're supposed to inspect. Everybody is supposed to inspect, but they never say they fixed anything. <laughs> just that they looked at them. That's <laughs> that's the thing I've always okay. So you have a very well inspected car here, sir. <laughs> but I mean, here's the good part of these certified pre-owned. One is is that they're thoroughly detailed, so they look you know close to new, if not new, and they all add longer warranties. I think Honda and uh, uh, General Motors, for example, add twelve months or twelve thousand miles. To the basic warranty, you know, it's usually three thirty-six. So they add twelve twelve to that, and everybody extends, or you know, most of them extend the powertrain warranty usually to about seven years, a hundred thousand miles. GM stays at five years, a hundred thousand. If you buy a used Hyundai or Kia, you only get the five-year, sixty-thousand-mile warranty. If you buy a certified pre-owned Hyundai or Kia. They give you the original 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. So that's the good part of it. Is that good enough? Because they're 
adding typically, I think, 2000 to $3,000 to the price to these CPO yeah, cards. But, and, and keep in mind, too, how much does it cost if you were to go buy a, a really high-quality um, extended warranty? About two grand, maybe a little more. Hmm. So, you know, you can balance that out, too. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, to me, that is better than just buying the regular used cars that have the as-is sticker. That's a very dangerous thing. Oh, yeah. The as-is. So a lot of people who may not be aware of this, most of the used car um, dealerships, when you're buying a car on it, there's a federal law that requires them to have this this um, as-is. Is, uh, they call it the buyer's guide sticker that's on right. the, the window. And it'll tell you if you're buying this car as-is or with a warranty. And I wouldn't buy a car from them as-is like that without any kind of warranty, um, simply because... The most complaints we hear from people are the car dies a week after they bought it. Mm-hmm. And they have no recourse then. And you have absolutely right. zero recourse. And good luck trying to get a lawyer to sue them because most lawyers don't want to mess with it. It's not a big enough ticket item for them to, to mess around with it. So there's a, you essentially really have no protection. Even though there's laws on the book, you know, there, there's really no, no protection. No one's going to be hanging around like the, the Maytag repairman, you know, oh, well, Rick's got a problem, let's go, let's hop on it right away. It's just not going to happen. So the, the tow truck thing, comes over and whole crew comes over and fixes your car, right. Your best bet is to just head it off at the pass by mm-hmm. not letting it happen in the first place. And, and and this brings up a good point, because on our site, in the used car section, we just hammer this point home over and over again, that two things you must do. Every used car, I run it through the same filter doesn't matter if it's a private person, a regular car at a dealer, or a certified. I don't care what sort of guarantees they've put on it. I run it through the same filters. There's two things you have to do. You have to do a vehicle history report on the car, mm. and you have to bring it to your own mechanic and put it on a lift and have them look at it. Oh. You know, look for all of the leaks and drips and, and previous damage, because you see when there's a car accident, they don't fix the underneath. They only put... Lipstick on a pig, don't they? They just fix the, <laughs> the outside, right? And so that's how you find out quite often the car's been wrecked. I can't tell you how many emails we've gotten over the years where people say, I just bought a car two weeks ago and uh, just brought it in to have an oil change, and they put it up on the lift, and they said, did you know this car's been wrecked? Oh, yeah. So you can avoid that by putting it on a lift and by, like I said, running either you know Carfax and AutoCheck are the two big companies. AutoCheck is... is Run by Experian, mm-hmm. you know, so they they have a lot of data, and you know Carfax, uh, you know we all know, and they'll, they'll tell you a lot of good stuff on there. One one thing that was a valuable data point for me was was how many previous owners did the car have. So my sister was at an auction one time, and she calls in this VIN number to me, and I look it up on Carfax, and it's a five year old car that had four owners in five years. I'm like, oh, Why? Uh, an un- unwanted stepchild. Yeah. <laughs> So what's wrong with this car that four other yeah. people unloaded it? I'm like, well, I don't care. It's not our problem now. So those are uh, there's all sorts of things that it can uh, do for you. Right. You know, a lot of late model used cars. When you look at um, these uh, the auto check and Carfax reports, uh, they tell you they came from daily rental fleets. And also, if you look on um, Carmax's used cars, uh, many of them came from. Uh, they tell you they're former rental cars. Is that cause for concern? You know, for some people it is. For me, it's really not. Um, some people, if you ask them, they have that connotation of, 
oh, rental cars just get abused. Yeah. You know, and they're racing them all over the place. But you know hey, what? Hey, you know what? When I rent a car, I'm on pins and needles because I don't want to get yeah. charged for anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. driving just like I normally drive. Yeah. I don't drive any different. And and so, you know, it's not really getting ruined. And I'll tell you something else. Those cars are maintained. They maintain them very well. Mm-hmm. You ever had a rental car break down on you? No, I can't say I have. Yeah. So they're pretty reliable and they're maintained well. As soon as you bring them back, somebody's vacuuming them out, and I'm sure they're always checking the fluids and doing all the, the maintenance. And they typically only keep the car in syndication, I think, about a year, maybe two at the most. Right. Right? And so, yeah, so it may have more miles than another car of the of the same year. Who knows? But to me, miles isn't really all that big an issue anymore. Car- no. So much more reliable. I thought used car values were ba- you're basically buying unused miles, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But the, the amount of miles doesn't bother me that much. Huh. What 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 I care about is was it maintained? You know, it's not like there's going to be tens and tens of thousands of miles on it. Right. Well, I, you, they do. You see some uh, rental cars being sold for thirty with thirty forty thousand miles, but uh, in you know in a couple of years, it's a lot of miles. But that's that's probably highway miles, I would assume. Yeah, could you know. But uh, so, so you're not scared off by uh, by the fact that no, something comes from. No, because I run every car through the same filter. See, it doesn't okay. matter where it came from or or anything. You you have a mechanic look at it. If he if he signs off on it and says, "Hey, this car's great," you know, for I don't know what, what it would cost, but forty fifty bucks at the most to have them hook their computer up to it and do all yeah. of those diagnostic checks. Well, the the um, auto repair shop I use said, yeah, if you ever have one, you know, used car, bring it by. It's ninety five bucks, you know, they charge yeah. to, to look it over. So probably a good investment. Now, um, uh, two of the biggest uh, sellers of used cars, uh, apart from CarMax, are Hertz and Enterprise, the rental car companies. They've both got pretty substantial used car operations, and I know uh, Hertz is talking about. Expanding them. Are those a good place to look for a used car? Yeah, what I liked about the Hertz one is they have a warranty. It's not a, a long one, but it, it's, uh, I think it was 30 days. <laughs> wow. But, but it's, it's, it's enough that yeah. to catch most of the failures. See, most of the used car failures mm-hmm. that we see when you drive off the lot, they happen within the first week or two. Right. So well, they do. That does yeah. that does buy you some time? Um, that 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 ninety thirty days, I think it is. That does buy you a little bit of time, and then you can shop and buy yourself an extended warranty. Ah, yeah, really good one. Yeah. Now, now in most cases, uh, uh, Hertz and Enterprise and other rental car companies, when they're selling cars, they're still under factory warranty. You can transfer those mm-hmm. to yourself. I mean, you don't. So you have that warranty as well. Correct. Okay, and so, uh, and Hertz, I believe, has something where, I forget what they call it, but it's rent to buy. You can rent a car that they have for sale for three days and uh, have a mechanic look at it, and if you decide to buy it, they don't charge you for the three-day rental. I think it's 50 bucks a day. Right, and that's a good plan to have. It, because you know what it essentially works out to be? It works out to be a three-day um right of refusal type thing, mm-hmm. return policy. Whereas any other car dealership, if you bought that car home and you for some reason you didn't like it or you found something, even if you found something wrong with it, right. and you go back there, they're going to say, you signed an as-is paper. You bought that thing as-is. Uh, 
Now, uh, just to back up a bit, a bit, uh, I think at least some of the certified pre-owned uh, programs, and I know GM has this, is that you can bring a, bring one of those back after uh, up to four or five days, something like that. If you don't like it, they don't. I don't think they give you your money back. They give you you can you know trade that for another vehicle, but uh, that's a another plus for the certified yeah. pre-owned program. So, but when um, Extended warranties are something that I think that uh, I read recently that something like 45% of new vehicles are sold with extended warranties. I'd, I'd really be curious as to what percentage of Toyotas are sold with them because, yeah. you know, I thought people bought Toyotas because they're reliable. <laughs> what about uh, extended warranties? Good idea or not? They are, and I know that they've gotten a bad connotation because some people think that, oh, you know, I've heard they don't pay or this or that. The, the key here is to buying the right warranty package for your car. And, you know, we tell people, always make sure you buy a warranty that covers wear and tear. Wear and tear in a warranty. That's the big problem with with, with failures, and, and, and it all is, is the way the industry defines a failure on your car. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, I know people that have had like their, their electric window motors go on them. Right. So the, the regular warranty expires. And the extended warranty company will say, oh, that's a wear and tear failure. So we don't cover wear and tear. And so what happens? The customer gets mad. They go and report them to the Better Business Bureau. Mm-hmm. Reality, you know, the company didn't rip them off. The customer just didn't choose a package with enough bang. So, so there is actually language in the contract that yes. that says wear and tear is, is yeah. covered. Yep, and and that's why the first thing I tell people to do, and this is the mistake that so many car buyers make at the dealership, is the dealership never gives you a contract to look at. They give you this little um, restaurant, you know, like right. It's a color brochure. Yeah, that shows that's everybody's a with a big smile on their face. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a contract, and in fact, contracts change all the time, mm-hmm. and they're updated all the time. They they don't have to give you a contract before. I don't know, but you know, I as a consumer, I would demand one. I'm like, I'm not going to buy something for two or three grand without seeing what my rights are. <laughs> yeah, you ever go to the the department stores or anything, and you're buying something, and and at the register, hey, do you want to buy the warranty for this? They have no idea what they're even selling. You. Right, they're just told they have to sell it. Yeah, so yeah. we tell people that. You need to go into the contract. You need to get a PDF file of the contract. Okay. And that's why the better companies that we recommend I have that online already. You just go to their website, you find the contract, and you, you download it. It's a PDF file, and you look at it, and you look right for their definition of, of the failure modes and, and make sure that it that this warranty covers wear and tear. Okay. We, we have to pause here for our last break, Jeff. And when we come back, I want to continue our discussion of extended warranties. Should you or shouldn't you? And what should you look for? We'll be back in just about a minute. This is Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com. Back to Rick Popley. Welcome back to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks. My guest is Jeff Ostroff of CarBuyingTips.com. And we've been discussing a range of suggestions that can help you save money and headaches while shopping for a new or used vehicle. 
Jeff, we've been talking about extended warranties, or uh, officially they're known as extended service contracts, but can you, uh, you mentioned before that one of the essentials is to get a copy of the actual contract with the legal language spelling out what's covered and what isn't before you buy it. How do you get that? Well, typically when you go to a, a company's website and mm-hmm. get a quote, they'll usually have it somewhere there at the end of the process or sometimes it under under sections that say about our coverage plans. Uh-huh. It, it may be in, in there, but, but you don't want to go just, you don't want to go to the coverage plan page and just look at the bullet items. That's not the contract. You know, don't get, don't get, you know, mistaken or confused. There'll, there'll be a, usually a link to an actual contract. And if you can't find it, then contact the company. You can email them or call them and have them, them send it to you as well. Should a dealer, though, be able to give you one before you sign it? They should, but they don't. See, the more questions you ask, mm-hmm. the more likely the sale is going to fall through. <laughs> so they're there to just show you this pretty thing, and oh, it does so much for you. And It covers everything, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, it just yeah. covers everything. <laughs> and that's why I, I hate the word bumper-to-bumper. It's such a scam. <laughs> their definition of bumper-to-bumper is different than, than yours and mine. Right. And so what the best type of coverage you can buy is called an exclusionary plan. Mm-hmm. And what that means is everything on the car is covered except for the small list of excluded items. So they call it an exclusionary plan. That's the best way. It's like a smart bomb of coverage. It's the best way to ensure that everything's covered, that you don't get some stupid part that falls through the cracks of coverage, you know, that you call up for, you know, your repair claim, and, oh, sorry, that bolt isn't covered. Right. Uh, A while back, I came across this online. Somebody bought a brand-new Toyota Prius and, at the same time, paid $2,000 for an extended warranty. A couple days later, while reading the contract at home, this guy discovered to his horror that it excluded excluded all um, hybrid parts, <laughs> which are covered by Toyota, by the way, for, I think, eight years or ten years, 100000 yeah. yeah, the battery pack. And stuff. You know, and, and so he ended up going back to the dealership and getting a refund, and the dealer said, well, gee, we didn't know this, you know, so... Uh, but, I mean, there are, uh, there are different companies that sell these extended warranties. Some are backed by um, the manufacturers. You know, GM has them. There's what the Ford. Ford has one. I forget what they call it. Extended service plan, Ford ESP. But there are also insurance companies that sell them. Which is better, or is there a difference? I think it's all in the laws and the nuances. Like, it, for example, in California... It has to be by law an insurance product. There's just some, some really crazy things that go, that go on out there. To me, it, it, they're all the exact same thing. And, and the, the actual legal terminology that, that most of them use is vehicle service contract. Right. Because you you legally cannot even use the word extended warranty because only the manufacturer can offer uh, the warranty. I so see. They okay. play only these semantic games, you know, but uh, they're they're all the the same thing. So. It's really up to the consumer to go to the uh, the company's website mm-hmm. at their leisure and spend some time going through and reading all their different offerings to see which one do I want on my car, which one do I need, which one is lacking stuff. Hey, do I have airbag coverage? You know, um, is there coverage for some of my fancier electronics? Yeah. You know. Now, now, um, w- when is the right time to buy a warranty? When the car is new, or should you wait until the uh, basic warranty? 
the bumper to bumper. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to use that term. Uh, when, uh, should you wait until, you know, say the three-year, 36,000-mile basic coverage is about to expire? Yeah, here, here's what happens is about a month before the end of your regular warranty is when the rates are going to shoot up on that. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to wait until that point because the companies raise their rates all the time. I mean, throughout the year, they're always updating the pricing on their plans, and they're getting more and more expensive anyway. Based on based on the claims, I guess? Yeah, based on claims. I mean, you just don't know. If a brand-new car comes out today and mm-hmm. Honda Accord, we don't know what the failure rate is, but over time they will, and the actuaries that work for these companies... Oh, I see. And they, they yeah. set the pricing accordingly. Like, for example, you can't get hardly any company to cover a Land Rover. <laughs> and they tell so that me, reputation is well yeah. deserved. <laughs> yeah, and they tell me that Chevrolet has like the highest rate of 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 them, you know, claims with the warranty companies. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so we meet with them every year, and we always ask them, like, well, what's what's current right now? What's what cars are having the most returns? And they, they always tell me the same thing: Land Rover, Chevrolet. Oh, really? This is recent. You may expect to pay a little bit more on those. And then certain cars you can't even get coverage for. Mercedes, AMG, you know, anything with a souped-up engine or a turbocharger, mm-hmm. you can forget that. Oh, well, it's, uh, that's good to know. But uh, so when you buy a car, whether it's new or used, you're going to get a strong sales pitch uh, probably to buy one now, an extended uh, service contract. Yep. Do you have to buy it right then and there? You don't, and they always make it sound like, and I, and I hear this all the time, <clears throat> they try to trick you into saying, well, if you don't get it now, you won't be able to get it. They're not going to uh, allow you to get it. You mean financing? No. The oh, oh you, you, yeah, can't, you can't get you the... Uh, finance it, too. Oh, you can't get the warranty if you walk out of here without it. Right, right. That's, <laughs> you can only get it if you buy it now, You know, which is not true. I'm not going to let anybody force me up against the wall like that. I'm going to go home and research it at my leisure. I see. Or you can even research, if you know you're going in to buy a Ford, you can research Ford's warranty ahead of time before mm-hmm. you get there. Now, now if I buy a uh, a Ford from Joe Doak's Ford, can I just call around to other dealers and see what they'll sell me the same warranty for? I would think you'd be able to. Hmm. You don't have to buy it from the dealer who sold it to you because it's not issued by them, right? No. It's issued by the... The manufacturer, and I can't imagine a manufacturer would turn you down for buying a warranty. Right. You know. Now, if you don't um, sell it to you right now before you leave, you're gone. That's it. They'll never, they'll never sell it to you. Oh, I, I'm sure that uh, once you drive away without one, their chances have gone way down, haven't they? Most of the third-party yeah. packages that we recommend are better in quality and have more coverage than the ones that you get from the dealer. And so the ones you have from the dealer are basically diluted down and have higher costs because mm-hmm. the dealer is reselling it. Ah, what, what are some of the ones you recommend? Well, the, there's three different companies. We like Warranty Direct, mm-hmm. one. Um, Nation Warranty is another one. They're actually here in our hometown. And then Car Checks. So Car Checks can actually act more as an agent and find uh, from multiple companies that are pretty reliable, uh, which one would have the better package for you. Mm-hmm. So you, you have three different companies there. And the, the way we decide whether or not to recommend a company and, and the way you should decide whether or not to do business with one is you want to go to the Better Business Bureau first, look them up and see what's their complaint record like. Ah. All three of these companies are A-rated. And, um, in fact, Warranty Direct and Car Checks are A-plus rated. Ah. 
So that those are things we look for. You'll know when there's a problem when it when it's rated F or or D. Like U.S. Fidelis was a big scam uh, about two or three years ago. They even talked about it on um, on Good Morning America. It was so big, and and on that one there, you go and you look, and it was F rated with 400 complaints. So oh, well. Sometimes people people won't spend five minutes. I mean, I can get all this information from the minute I I sit down. Within 90 seconds, I can have a, the Better Business Bureau rating on, on a company. Hmm. Then you can go to sites like ripoffreport.com and look up to see what complaints are. But you've got to take them with a grain of salt, too, because some people are either lying, right. they're competitors, or they're somebody, a customer that didn't buy the right package and they're just they're complaining. So the industry does get a, a, a volume of complaints. Mm-hmm. You have to take that with a grain of salt, too. Okay, but uh, with a manufacturer-backed uh, warranty like a Ford Extended Service Plan, you basically have to go to a Ford dealer, if one, unless one, you know, you're in East Kishinev, Wyoming, and the nearest dealer is 400 miles away. You know that that I I don't know, and that's uh. something that you want to find out on a in, 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 on a contract by contract basis. Okay, where do you have to you take it, or it, yeah, don't make a generalization and don't assume you 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 just figure it out. So on every contract, it tells you there's a toll-free number of where, who you're supposed to call. And if you know you're, you're out of town or something and, you know, and your car breaks down, don't just bring it somewhere and get it repaired. You always have to have approval first, oh. especially if it's major, like a transmission. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll want to send an inspector out to the repair shop to look at your transmission that's all in parts up on the, uh, on the table there before they'll even approve it. Because I'll tell you what, if they see black oil what do you think your chances of getting approval are? Mm. You know, for transmission? Oh. It, yeah, because then they know you didn't maintain it. I so see. So that's, that's another thing, too, to remember as a car buyer. Your work is not done. Once you get home with that car, now you want to make sure you maintain it to the manufacturer's specification. So every oil change we do, no matter what, what is done to my car, I have a notebook for my car and a notebook for my wife's car. And they're both about two inches thick now because our cars are fairly old, mm-hmm. and and we just stick them in there. And that, that that's great when you go to sell your car later on on eBay. Uh, you can tell people, look, here's my notebook. I have every maintenance record I've ever had done on this car, and that makes it easier to sell your car, and you'll get more. And if you have a warranty on your car, you'll get more on eBay for it as well. If you have time left on the warranty, okay, so you get some of it back. Yep. Jeff Ostroff, the editor and founder of CarBuyingTips.com, has been giving some great advice here today. And, Jeff, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. You're quite welcome. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Really appreciate it, and you take care. Okay, you too. That was Jeff Ostroff, the founder and editor of CarBuyingTips.com, and he just gave us a taste of the information and advice for vehicle shoppers that are on his site. You can find a lot more at carbuyingtips.com. And that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Cars, Trucks, and Bucks. Next week, the topic will be vehicle safety. We will discuss how some of the most popular cars have performed in crash tests and whether the latest high-tech safety features can really prevent accidents. My guest will be David Zuby, Executive Vice President and Chief Research Officer for the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Until then, please visit my website, carstrucksandbucks.com, for more information about next week's show, 
news updates, and vehicle reviews. Thanks again to today's guest, Jeff Ostroff of CarBuyingTips.com, and thanks to you for listening. This is Rick Popley saying, be careful out there. So long, everyone.